Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of We Welcome Your Teams, a podcast about the most unique job in sport, football stadium announcers. He said, although Billy was proposing to the love of his life through his jewelry, Billy's wife has been on to me this morning and isn't very happy. I'm dying to be immortalised in FIFA. He was like, read his name out then as if he's coming on as a substitute. Oh yeah, it is you. <laughs> so I've gone absolutely massive for this announcement. And then to see it get chalked off by VAR. And the police said, stop this now. The roof of the North Bank was swaying. He said, it's not just getting beat but they played captain bloody pug wash as well <laughs> yeah thanks for joining us for our rap episode uh this one well it kind of started out as me and co-host alan keegan having to catch up then we decided we should look back at a great season two speaking to other football stadium announcers and then it turned to more of a story sharing uh, because we invited some of the other guys from the last couple of seasons to come on and um Lance from Bristol Rovers said yes, so he joins us as well. Uh, of course, we love your reviews wherever you care to leave them with your pod provider on our Twitter, at AnnouncersPod, on our Instagram, we welcome your team's pod, or my email, richard at giftedgab.co.uk. So yeah, we've been speaking to the guys with the clipboards and the mics, or not in some cases as COVID comes to an end. And this last season with Luton, Bournemouth, Barnsley, Fleetwood, Forest Green Rovers, Arsenal, Spurs, Man City and Brentford has been brilliant. Uh, and they really are all great people that we've had on to chat as well. Uh, so having them amongst our fellow announcers and joining the We Welcome Your Teams group, uh, Matt, Mike, Jason, Joel, Paul, Paul, Alex and Peter. And do you know what, and that last episode we just released before this one from Peter at Brentford was great. Someone who had 52 years under his belt. It was great to chat. So we began this wrap-up episode with an ode to him and one of the tunes that Brentford used to walk out to. I think this is the best walkout music we had all season two. Uh... Cyril Staple. Cyril Stapleton, I think it was. I can't remember, but this is the one that um, Peter Gillen was saying they had at Brentford in the old days. It's cracking walkout music. It's brilliant. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. Um, Pretty awesome. So look, uh, there's a few bits to cover because we're here at the end of the season and... um, you know, and the end of our season two as well. So it's pretty good timing. Um, and announcers have been going back and some of them have had fans. Alan, tell me, tell me what it was like when you read out to Old Trafford the other week, goal for Man United, number seven, Edinson Cavani. Well, the stadium, the stadium erupted, you know, but just, just a little bit of a precursor before that. Obviously, what they did, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they, they let the fans in within certain time slots, you know, because um, it was like a 15-minute window in between letting all the different sections of the fans come in because obviously they were in three sections of the stadium. You know, you've got the Stratford end, the Sir Alex Ferguson stand, and then you've got the East stand. So they were letting them in at different time slots. So obviously we, we, had, we actually set up a big screen, which we don't have at Old Trafford for, Fulham, for the Fulham game. So the media team had put up loads of visuals. There was obviously specific links at specific times. 
but my link was when the second group of fans had came in the very first link that i did and i just said good evening old chafford welcome to the theater of dreams and or it, it absolutely erupted oh, it was just man. one of the greatest feelings i've ever had I bet. it was amazing you know yeah so you know and i just said like you know i didn't want to sort of get i didn't want to get too giddy because <laughs> uh, i've had a giddy experience when we won the premier league a few years ago and i thought i'm not going to repeat that but i just said how long have we waited to be here yeah. you know and it was just amazing so there was a few links like that and you could just feel the atmosphere and the singing and they were really trying to get it going that you know but obviously everybody wasn't sat in their specific seats you see so you might be a regular in the stratford ender as my two tickets are but you could have been sat at the east end so it wasn't like the hardcore singing section were in the stratford end so it's just amazing but to go back to what you mentioned about number seven, the first time reading it when he's actually in the stadium, oh, it was just incredible. You know, it was, I've got to say, it was Cantona-esque, you know, the whole yeah. thing. And then obviously the goal, you know, was just unbelievable. And he does the arrow and, <laughs> oh, it was just the moments why we're in the job, isn't it, guys? You know, oh, it's just right. fantastic. He, oh. Even me as an old timer, you know, I was excited with it all. I felt like he saved that goal for until the fans came back you know what i mean he yeah, wasn't going to attempt that until anyone enough people were watching yeah well it, it ticked every possible box didn't it yeah. because it was at old trafford and it was in the stretford end so it doesn't get any better and the whole celebration was in that corner and then he let the bow go when it was when it was officially said yes it's happened I mean, everyone was going <laughs> But ballistic anyway, you know, that yeah. he'd gone in. Yeah. Uh, but they did the test and they let the bow go, the arrow go, I should say. And uh, they just went, you know, hysterical. Oh. It was a brilliant feeling, honestly. It just added to the night. Yeah. And to be fair, it was it was a, it was a goal that was worthy of winning the match, you know, because the match itself was a bit flat. But hey-ho, you know, listen, it was a great start for Edinson. I was, I was listening and... Um... Uh, luckily on I think I think the five live commentary they I don't know whether they did it on purpose I think they did they left the gap they stopped talking to capture to hit you know you started reading the announcement out and they paused and all you got was you and then the crowd reaction and I, I, I did a little dance I was like yeah he's back on they're back you know <laughs> it was amazing you know, yeah well I was doing a little dance as well because it was such a busy night because we had uh, our awards for the players. So we had like the the um, player of the year, we had uh, the goal of the year, and then we had the players player of the year. So, go on. Did they, did they give, they gave goal of the season before the match and then Cavani scored that, which is arguably yeah. goal yeah. of the season. Oh. Yeah, there's an absolute reason why they should award it. Yeah, have the votes when we played the last game. Yeah. But then present it at the first game of the season. You there know. you go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Bruno's goal was brilliant at Everton. I don't know if you can picture it. It was a brilliant goal. But yeah, we presented Bruno and Luke Shaw got the, the player's player of the year. But, was, uh, Cavani was doing a classic, just, like, hold my beer. You know, goal of the season for yeah. Bruno, man. Hold my beer. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Yeah, he's got his jacket on there yeah. and saying, wait till later, yeah. One of those moments, you're oh, right, Rich. It was, uh, but it was such a busy night, you know, it was yeah. busy all round and the whole atmosphere was fantastic. So, 
yeah it was great i was uh, i was just really jealous listening to everyone this week uh you know or watching match of the day to see people we've got who had fans back you know for probably what is one home game you know and only one but you know at least you know and, and i think quite a few people were getting goals as well so matt at west brom they had you know the goal at the, the west ham game um so they, you know, they they had something, you know, they had those moments to to do again, and God knows we've missed them. I'm I'm not back till August, so I've got to wait till August. But Westman will be in the championship now, confirmed since last podcast. So I know it's all right. We've yeah. got more games. We're going to win more. I've got plenty of goals. First season of the championship, I did like two games in. You know, they beat QPR seven one. It was like the busiest day of my life. Yeah, the new manager. Yeah, I'll tell you, what, it will be. You know, I just that moment when everyone's back. You know, because you know what match days are like. Seeing all the, seeing all your faces, seeing all your stars, seeing the same stewards, seeing all of that as you walk in, going, taking your position, sitting down, standing up, going through your notes and everything, checking over with people, all of that, all of that. I'm, I'm all for it. I don't care how. It could be stressful again. You can give me 15 midweek cup replays in January that go to extra time and I'd, all my fingers fall off. I don't care. I don't care. I'm all in yeah. for it. Um, yeah. Now look, we've got a few bits to cover off uh, at the end from the season just gone. Uh, massive thanks to Peter Gillian from Brentford for talking to us last week. Uh, and as and when this goes out, they could be promoted, and in the Premier League, which is what he was desperate for after what was it, fifty-two years at Brentford doing that, fifty-two years yeah. and not in the Premier League. I know such commitment, but I mean, you hear that with all the sort of stay renouncers we've spoken to, you know that passion, that commitment, and in everybody's own world doesn't matter which club you're at, your club's the biggest and the best club in the world, isn't it? Mm. You know, and that's that's the one thing that's came out. You know, even we'll hear that in Lance's voice when he joins us in a few minutes. You know, you can hear that in the tone of his nice, clear, concise voice, you know. So, you know, the biggest and the best club in the world and that's what it's all about and that's why we love the job. Oh. Um, now, speaking of Lance, there he is, sat with us from, uh, from, from, from the mighty Bristol Rovers. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, guys. Good to Hope see you. you. Are both well. Good to yeah. have you here. We're kind of trying doing a bit of an open open mic night kind of tonight. Um, yeah. So one one question I was going to ask you was: I've seen you kind of extending the the announcer uh, the announcer role into a, into a slightly wider skill set. Have you been doing sort of YouTube pre match YouTube stuff? Yeah, um, it was an idea that um, was put forward to me around Christmas time. Uh, we had Plymouth, I think it was about two weeks before Christmas, and then the, the lads from the media team um, came up to me and came up with the idea of um, doing a pre-match show uh, for more more content for the club to put out. They wanted me to like host it, and the premise of it was to get people a little bit closer to the action um, before kickoff. And there would have been player interviews, ex-player interviews, and it's, it it was uh, a little bit daunting at first because. As as you know, you know, you kick off before kick off. You're just there on the pitch. You're presenting, but this was going to be in front of a camera. It was going to be put on YouTube. It was going to be put on Facebook, and it's like it's a different beast altogether. So you're basically, but doing, I was fully for, for it. You're basically doing football focus, really, aren't you? At Bristol, Rovers. yeah. <laughs> like which which was it, it was. It's been a great skill to obtain. Um, that's why I sort of like put everything into it because it just gave us something extra to do i mean i don't know if i don't know how much your routine has changed alan but like you know for us at rovers it was just a case of just turning up um putting the playlist on and then like announcing the teams and then announcing the goals and the subs throughout the match and it was you know there was not a lot to do 
half time is literally just a half time break nothing to be done there so it was nice to get my teeth like stuck into something and full credit to the lads and the media team for giving us the opportunity to do it there's been some amazing experiences uh that came out of it i uh, got to interview lee mansell who scored the winning penalty against grimsby town to take us out of the conference into league two uh which was which was great i got into sign my ticket i felt like a 12 year old kid like getting my ticket stub out and getting into sign it um and Byron Anthony, a former player who was in our promotion winning squad in 2007. So it, it's been it's been really cool. Um, it, it's been a great experience and yeah, something a little bit extra. How's it been with the the gaffer? Is he into like, his stadium announcers? Is he is he bothered? Is he you know turn it up, turn it down, change the tunes? Yeah. Well. He uh, he recognised us from from uh, a few times previously when uh, when when Joey was in charge of with Fleetwood. Um, I've only formally met him once so far, but it, you know it was a cool meeting. I got introduced to him, and he said, "Oh, I've, I you know I must have heard you around here before." Like uh, because, well, funnily enough, the the last time he came to the men before he got the Rovers job um, was back in November. Uh, Fleetwood beat us four one. Uh, our manager, Ben Garner, at the time got the sack. And there's a, a really funny story that came out of it. I think I told you this um, during the, the season, Hursty. So this was our Remembrance Day match. So normally, Remembrance Day, the service at the football club, we throw all the bells and whistles into it. Being the Memorial Stadium, the, the, the stadium itself is a war memorial. So we go all out. It was obviously going to be different this season. Uh, it was just going to be a case of playing the last post over the PA system and just doing the speech. So out of all the games this season where you don't want equipment failure or anything like that, again, equipment failure, like coming round and biting us on the bum. I turn up, set up the gear and the cord that went into the laptop from our mixer, it just blew in, in into the laptop. So there was no sound like sort of coming out. And this is like an hour and a half before kickoff. I am bricking it. Absolutely bricking it because I'm like, we've got to play the last post. We've got to play the last post. Like, I mean, I, I don't care if we don't play any music at all this afternoon. We have to play the last post. Otherwise, uh, there's going to be outrage. Yeah. So uh, we have an electrician at the stadium every game. He came up to have a look at the mixer to find out what was going on. He came up, he had a look at it, and it's like, I don't think we're going to be able to fix this. But I know a bugler. Like, and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I know a bugler, and he only lives in Stoke Gifford, which is like my neck of the woods here. It's about a 15-minute drive like to the, to, the, to the Memorial Stadium. So I was like, right, we're going to have to get him. Like, bring him down. So the, the frantic search for this like bugler <laughs> came about, and we got to, we got to about... 2.30, 2.40, 20 minutes before kickoff. Um, I met the bugler. I then met the ref. So everything from that point went from the PA box down to the pitch because I decided then, I was like, well, I'll go down with the bugler. So it's like a visual. Yeah. The bugler can play like the, the last post. I can like stand with him and we can, we can do it from then. So at that point, I didn't realize, like obviously the game being put on iFollow and everything, the camera's just solely focused on us too. So while the bugler's playing the last post, my phone's pinging off like no tomorrow with like screenshots of like me just like standing with my headphone, 
I'm like, oh no, like I didn't do it for this. Like, like you know, I had this like big like Liam Gallagher like style like like coat on with a big fur hood and everything like that. I didn't look my best. It was a windy day, hair all over the shop. Like it was horrendous. But like yeah, that was you could see Jerry Barton in the background. Uh, we did our thing. We walked past the away dugout to go up into the stand, and, and Joey, like to be fair to him, he, he turned around and said, "Oh, nice job, lads, well done." And like we just, we both stood in like shock for about two seconds. It's like, did that, did that just happen? Yeah. But he's he was a top guy, you know. He was a top guy when he was a Fleetwood manager, and I was dead excited when we appointed him, um, and to to have met him uh, before the Wigan game, which I believe was the first game he took charge of uh it was, was great and yeah really looking forward to like sort of working with him going forward mm. all right it didn't work out the last sort of third of the season um it ended the way it did but like like you said hursty just now you know it's a chance to go down into a league win some more games have some fans in the building oh, and yeah you know it could, it could be a beautiful thing next year yeah. so yeah yeah really looking forward to it so if you know an emergency bugler when it comes to around to november <laughs> It's I worth, got the hookup. All right, it's it's worth all of us finding that. Every all of us is going to make sure we know someone close to our club who can play the bugle. Because you know, it's, yeah. it's 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 one step away from you coming on the. You know, if the fans are there, imagine the fans are there and you go, "This is a this is a stadium announcement." Uh, does anybody in the ground know how to play a bugle? Yeah. If so, please make yourself known to the nearest yeah. steward. Uh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I was I was I was worried at the time because. Like we obviously like sorted out at such short notice in November, December time. It was like really sort of like stringent on how many yeah. people could be in the stadium and what they could do. And I was just like, I didn't want to like broadcast it to everyone. Ah, oh, brilliant! You know, like the emergency bugler saved our day. So I didn't want that one person no. turning around. who's like, well, I can play the bugle. Yeah, I can play yeah. the trunk. I can play the triangle or something. Like you know, like I- I'll come down. You have a full band with you next time. That's brilliant. Yeah, right. That's brilliant. I love so, yeah. that. That's a great it's story. A funny story. I love but, that. Yeah. Uh, did, did at any point did obviously they checked that he could play the last post? I just had this horrible image. You're going to say he turned up full regalia and then like anyone know how to play the tune? <laughs> oh, he, he, abs- he absolutely knocked it out of the park. He, he was it, from um, yeah. he's from the Salvation Army, oh, one of the legend. nearby uh, Salvation Armies, Magic. and he was he was a top job in. Yeah, really, really saved our bacon like that That's afternoon, good. and yeah, it caused caused me uh, less less stress for afternoon uh, as well. So yeah, it was great. He was great. Good work, mate. Good to hear. I love that. Well, yeah, here's to here's to, to next season. Here's to fans being in, uh, and in the meantime, here's to the Euros as well. So uh, I've been in touch with Chris Temple, uh, who's been on the pod before as a guest. He's the Wembley announcer, and I've been in touch with Graham Easton, who's the announcer at Hamden. And we're going to get an England versus Scotland edition with those two. Just like we had the Derby version with uh, you and Alex Kirkley, Allen. That was good, actually. I enjoyed that. Enjoyed the two of you kind of having a, a Derby off. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a good lad, isn't he? And uh, obviously, you know, he's had a lot of success, more than most of us have had over the last few years. So uh, he's been there and he's currently doing it at the moment. So, you know, good luck to him. And it, and it helps. I mean... Most of the lads we spoke to have all been belting lads, haven't they? So, you know, again, uh, Alex is up there. He's one of the best. He is. He um, he told us that story, I remember this, about... Oh, that was it. It was about VAR. That was the thing I remember from his episode. Do you remember he had that... When they just brought VAR into the Champions League in that semi-final. Remember that crazy semi-final between Spurs and Man City? It was at the Etihad. And and he said, I went went crazy for the announcement. And then it got chalked off by VAR. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I also enjoyed his story about auditioning for the role. Yes, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that, 
and, and that kind of opened the floodgates, didn't it? Because you remember we thought, oh, we've never heard of any anyone before no. who had to go and stand in an empty stadium and audition. And then the, and then the episode after, Joel at uh, Forest Green Rovers came on and said he did exactly the same thing. And I think Jason at Barnsley did as well then after that. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, because yeah. he wanted to be the first to do it on the podcast, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. But I did love that. We had some good stories this year. And of course, of course, probably one of my favourites, and, and back to the Fleetwood connection, was Rod Tennis This about Captain Pugwash. We played Sunderland in our league, a, a big, big side, on a Tuesday night. They were, they were looking to go up. A Tuesday night game, it's pouring with rain, and Fleetwood absolutely battered Sunderland. The, the final score was 2-1. But a mate of mine's coming out of the ground and he heard a Sunderland fan whinging. He said, it's not just getting beat. He says, but they played Captain Bloody Pugwash as well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. You know, we've talked to everyone about goal music and it's still some people love it, some people hate it. It's it's, it's had a, a better role to play whilst there've been no fans in. I get that. But, you know, if you can, I think now if you're going to have goal music, have something like Captain Pugwash that's completely... Random and just sticks forever. I love that. Um, yeah, I love love Rod coming on. And Rod's been chipping in a little bit as well on Facebook a little bit with some bits and bobs they're getting up to. Loads of people having end of seasons now, so last games of the season. Um, some more meaningful than others, of course, as well. I've, I'm trying to remember, like, West Brom, we had a few. I remember we had a lap of appreciation that day. That last home game, in fact, where they thought they'd stayed up. That was really weird, that, when they, they equalised against Spurs. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, hang on, we might stay up here. And then they were relegated two nights later when like Southampton drew with Swansea. But I don't know how you lads have found lapse of appreciation, not just this season, but overall, as to like how that's coordinated. Because it obviously used to be lapse of honour, then it's like, you know, lapse of appreciation now because chances are we've still got another game and we don't know what's happened and all that kind of stuff. When it, what, what's, have they done different ones with you, Al? Yeah, we have over the years, funnily enough, because... Um, Obviously, many, many years, we were lifting the trophy and uh, it was a brilliant lap of honour. You know, the whole excitement, the music, the fanfare, the whole build up to it. So I've had some brilliant times, you know, particularly we've lifted it at Old Trafford. Obviously, I've gone to a few of the away grounds to do it. We did it at Goodison uh, one year. We did it at Wigan another year. So, you know, I've had different experiences. But um, on Tuesday night, uh, when... United had played their last home game, which we briefly mentioned there, it was against Fulham. They uh, The players stayed on the pitch and then Ollie went straight onto it and said a few words, you know, um, thanking the fans and for the support and, you know, um, was really appreciative of what the fans had done because of the COVID thing. You know, they said, we felt your support, etc., etc. Mm. It was great to have them there that night. And just basically, you know, we hope we're going to bring your trophy back. Um, from Poland so that was that and then after he'd finished the players just followed suit and walked around the walked around the, the perimeter of the pitch are you do, are you, do you do their... like a roll you don't do like a roll call do you like it's not like you know and now put your hands together for Luke Shaw and now put your hands together for David no. De Gea and no, no, no. yeah no um, when they're lifting the trophy you do oh, okay uh, or I have yeah so basically because they've got to set up the stage and get all the the backdrops and everything else that goes with it and all the, you know, pyrotechnics, whatever else they're going to have. So the players have tended to go off the pitch in the past. 
um, back into the changing yeah, room yeah. and then Come back you back. have a list of like who's going to go in what oh, order right. and obviously the captain goes up last and perhaps the manager or whoever, you know. Yeah. But I've had a nightmare with that in the past as well because sometimes you'll get a few of the fringe lads, um, and particularly the young lads, who you might not be too familiar with or, you know, for an example, um, they might not be there, but you get a list. So you're not specifically looking at everyone because... <laughs> As you know, you'll have someone from the Premier League guiding you, you know, when to speak, when not to. And uh, I have announced a couple of the the, the sort of reserves or the, the younger lads who might have played a game earlier on in the season and they've not even been in the lineup, you know, <laughs> coming on. So that's been a bit of a, a very annoying situation, but yeah. it is what it is. But it is yeah, it is. yeah, it is a lap of appreciation at Old Trafford at the moment. What did you do, Lance? Well, I... I've had a bit of a unique experience because this season just gone is now the third season I've done as an announcer. So the first season was like a normal lap of appreciation. We uh, survived safety with a few games to go. Um, so that was nice. We we beat an already promoted Barnsley 2-1 on the final day um, to, you know, to finish off the season. And that was nice. Obviously, last season finished early. Uh, curtailed and this season's been without any fans so I haven't really had like a, a, a proper experience of it but I guess if we put all the years I've been match day DJ into it as well nothing would be more dramatic than um, when we got promoted from League 2 into League 1 as part of the double promotion winning year it was just an unbelievable unbelievable day we, we played Dagenham in Redbridge and we needed to better Accrington and Oxford's results in order to get promoted. I think that's how it worked out. It's been such a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, it was, um, we, we went 1-0 down. And Accrington were drawing, Oxford were winning. And it was just like, oh, we're going we're gonna to be that team that fall into the playoffs. And we're, we're you know, because it's like, you know, burst a balloon. We're, we're going to be that team in the playoffs that like, loses it. You know, you yeah, know we've all experienced it. Yeah. Um, but Billy Bowden equalised for us with a with a goal where he just like he just turned all the Dagenham players into pretzels, you know, the silky footwork and a nice little finish. And it was the second half was just the Alamo. We must have had about fifty chances, and their goalkeeper uh, Dagenham, like he had the game of his life. He was stopping everything that we were throwing at him. And you're just thinking, how the hell? Like, how the hell are we going to score? Accrington was still drawing. Oxford were winning. So it's still, as it stood, we were going to be in the playoffs. Oxford were going to be okay. They were going to get promoted. And Accrington were probably going to get promoted. Uh, and then we go into the 92nd minute. Uh, Matt, Matty Taylor hits the post. And Lee Brown, who's our left back, just like, well, right back even, sorry. Like, he um, he scores the winner. Like, and the place went bananas. Like, you know, this was Sergio Aguero levels of pandemonium. Uh, but the game still hadn't finished at Accrington. So, you know, at this point, we were technically going to get promoted, but we were waiting for Accrington to, you know, finish. And if they finished the draw, we were going to be promoted. So my job, uh, Nick Day took me down to the touchline to, to make sure, like, I had the scores, like, confirmed for us to like be able to announce that Accrington were, were, you know, they drew and we were going to be promoted. 
I just had this horrible feeling in the back, in, in the pit of my stomach that like Accrington were going to score a winner at the same time, and it was just going to, you know, diffuse the situation. But uh, everyone must have been on their phones at the Mem checking what was going on at Accrington. You could not get signal for Love No Money, like it just there on the phone, like it's just stuck. But obviously, where the press box was, there was this almighty roar. And the roar just cascaded down throughout the stadium to where we were on the touchdown. It was like, it must be over. Must be. Yeah. It must be over. And that was it. It was just like party time from five o'clock to about five o'clock on Monday night. It was just <laughs> seems like you would not believe. It was the most chaotic, it was the most chaotic post-match sort of post-promotion sort of celebrations um, you could see. And yeah i mean for a club like ours to to have had like two years in a row of winning a penalty shootout at wembley to a last minute winner to get promoted like like i said the yeah. sergio aguero yeah. levels did, just incredible some of the best years did you Amazing. have did you have two different tunes lined up depending on what the accrington result was well i don't know because i completely lost it at that point oh, okay. i was just like so focused on being down with nick oh, okay. like and like my old man was in the box like yeah. as like sort of third <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. like obviously you know i told you the story before he was um he was up there you know he, he he's been my right hand man for the last couple of years and he was up there but i don't know what we would have done if it had gone the other way i don't think we did anything in particular because no. it was just like the shock in the awe of what yeah. we just like just what we just saw <laughs> we just let the, the the singing of the fans in the in the roar of the crowds you know the, the stuff that we all dearly miss at the moment just like take over yeah. and it was the best it was for the best so that yeah that's probably been my favorite final day Love that. but as an announcer i haven't not really had, had... Yet. <laughs> not had a good one yet. <laughs> i haven't no. really had yeah not had a good one just yet but yeah, fingers well, crossed the next year exactly exactly well you mentioned wembley there um so uh, obviously, Chris Temple is the guy from Wembley who's coming on. Uh, eventually, he's the current announcer there. Prestigious gig that one. Um, we'll we'll chat to him about that and what what that's all about. I'm off I'm off to Wembley this weekend with Hereford, uh, covering them in the um, FA Vars uh, FA Trophy. Sorry, um, and and Alan, you've got a a little connection to Wembley that not many of us know. Not to me, Rich. You caught up then. Sorry, mate. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I have actually. Yeah, just a very quick one. Um, as you say, further down the line, when we speak to the boys, we'll, we'll talk about it in more detail. But when the um, the new Wembley was being built, um, England played the majority of their games, the qualifying games, um, at Old Trafford. So I was very fortunate to do, you know, loads and loads of matches with England, and it was an absolutely fantastic experience. And Anyway, when the new Wembley was opening, um, I got the gig as the official announcer at Wembley. So I was the first announcer at Wembley uh, for the gig. So uh, they had a couple of ramp-up games just testing about access and crowds. And I think one of them was the England against the under-21s Italy or something. Yeah. And then there was another one with that. And then the actual first game, um, some of you may remember it was... England versus Brazil. And it was on a Friday night. I think it might have been Friday, June the 1st, but don't hold me to that. And uh, it was David Beckham's 100th game. So there was loads of things happening with it. And I, I was the official announcer at Wembley for uh, the first match. So a great honour and a great thrill, you know, for a, a fella from the north, you know, hey. to be there in the, 
the heady heights of London, you know. That's amazing. We, 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 yeah. we, we talk about it sometimes, don't we, about, you know, accents at grounds and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it's why yours and Alex's voice is so good at, at United and City. That's why Lance, you know, you sit in perfectly at Bristol Rovers. I've, you know, I've missed a received pronunciation here. Someone just gets, somehow gets a gig at West Bromwich, you know, where I could, you could have someone like, like Matt, I suppose, who does it with me. He's like one of the strongest black country accents you'll know. Um, and, and then, yeah, sort of now Chris, you know, Chris is there. Chris is a gay, he's also very RP, you know, he's very, he's a good, you know, he's a broadcaster, he's a radio presenter as well. But I wonder, I wonder what the Wembley faithful thought when they had this big Northern voice booming out over the Tannoy. Yeah, well, um, it was quite funny, actually, because um, there was a sort of interview bro- process with it, not quite an audition process, but there was a an interview and I applied for the job. And um, it was quite interesting because tongue-in-cheek, I did say, well, I, I understand I'll be doing the England games, but it's mainly Northern clubs in the finals anyway, you know, so uh, the committee quite liked that one, you know, and nice. I threw that one out yeah. there, you know, nice. I said, you know, let's be honest, if it's, you know, if it's finals, then it's going to be mainly, you know, a club from the north who are going to be involved. So that went down yeah. very well. But yeah, I mean, nice I did a feature on five. I did a I did a feature on five live actually, and obviously in the world of sport and broadcasting, you know, accents play a big part now, don't they? You know, five live. Oh. They've got broadcasters from across the board and the commentating team, and you know, it's it's right out there now. It's totally changed that that role. I yeah. think even. Even in our in our lifetime, that you know, ten years it's changed beyond recognition or yeah, yeah you're right. from a sound point of yeah. view from what you hear. So, and long may it continue, you know. Yeah, um, uh, we should also cover off because because we spoke about it before as well that when often when your club gets to a, a final, be it a Wembley final or a European final, the announcer goes, but you're not going to Poland for United in the UEFA. Yeah, oh, unfortunately, Europa. yeah, I'm really disappointed because. As I've said before, and I don't want to bore everybody, but it's been brilliant. You know, I've been in Moscow, Rome, London for the Champions League finals. I was in Stockholm for the Europa League final. And there I was thinking, is there a possibility I'm going to get the call? In my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't coming. But <laughs> you live in hope. You know, we, we, we live in hope as announcers, don't we? And uh, no, unfortunately, I was officially told that I wasn't going because of the travel restrictions. And to be fair... Even beyond the travel restrictions with COVID, I mean, I'm fortunate because I've had um, a couple of vaccinations, but it's the it was the isolation coming back as well. And I've got work when I come back with events and there was all that side of it as well, which made it very difficult. So unfortunately, um, since I've been the announcer, it's going to be my first major final that I'm going to miss. But more, more than made up this week by the fact that you're in the Fergie movie. Huh, so you dropped that on Facebook. Well, you know, I mean, what can I say? You know, I mean, I had to drop that one. I mean, that was just unbelievable. And uh, I was at the, the the official, you know, Universal Presents. I was at the official launch at Old Trafford last night because uh, they, they set up a big screen in the Sir Alex Ferguson stand and there was about 300 guests, you know, from all different backgrounds were there from the world of TV, sport, everything else. And um, I'll tell you what, Jason Ferguson said to me just before we went out into the stadium, because obviously we're all in the suite first, just before we went out into the stadium, there's a few of the lads were there, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, a few of the players, Rashford, Phil Jones, just to name a few. But Jason just grabs me and he says, you're going to love the final piece of the film, Alan. You're going to absolutely love it. 
So the film's about an hour and 50 minutes long and it's it's brilliant, boys. Even if you're not a Man United fan, it's an absolutely up-close and personal view of Sir Alex Ferguson. And obviously, his son has directed it, so he's got access that no one else would get, you know, filmed at the home, family home, and the whole journey. And, you know, it's not just about the football, it's about the man and where he's come from and his background and, you know, being a true union supporter and, you know, that sort of background and that's what caught him from that steel of Scotland and Govan and all the rest of it. And uh, I'm sat there watching the film and my wife's with me and it's absolutely freezing because we're outside and you're watching this, you know, this film and this historic night with, you know, Brian Robson's there, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer's there, you know, all them connections with the club are there that you can tell stories about. And it gets into the film and it's brilliant. And, and honestly, it's so emotional in parts. You know, he talks about, you know, when he fell ill and they've got the phone call and things like that. You might have seen it on the trailer and it's unbelievable. And then in the last few seconds of the film, he's there when he when he made his when he came back to Old Trafford after he'd been ill, he's in the director's box. And what they've done is they've cut my voice over where I give his role of honour, you know, winner of this winner of that and it, honestly it's so clear where they've got it from it's not like that muffled stadium sound it's it's as if i've gone into a studio to record it and then finally you know the and 13 times premier league winner the greatest british manager of all time you know and then he walk he walks out and it's you know listen guys i am i'm dead proud and i'm so pleased and i'm humbled and you know it's just a brilliant and Stadium announcers will get it, you know, because it's like announcing your iconic hero with your club and they don't come any bigger than Sir Alex, do they, you know, and yeah. whether you're a stadium announcer at Old Trafford or whatever else in the land, you know, just to be part of that and that historic moment at the end of the film to hear my voice, dead clear, not just muffled, as I say. So proud I was. So yeah. proud. No, no, the fact I am. Um, it's it's obviously not quite the same scale, but uh, we have a very famous uh, fundraiser who does a lot for the Albion Foundation called uh, Blind Dave Healy, um, and they made a movie about when he did seven marathons and seven continents in seven days. Um, and uh, uh, there's a bit they they took a bit right. It was in the trailer. I made the trailer like you did. I saw that trailer, and there's a bit of me announcing <laughs> yeah. him out onto the pitch because they gave him the key to the city. Um, and there's, you know, there's me here is ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian, Dave, Healy, you know, and he's walking out the tunnel and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing I hate about that image is because at that point I was, I was iPad and a microphone, um, in hand. And so, but I wanted to clap. I really wanted to clap him, oh, but yeah. I, I couldn't. And the, I knew the camera was filming. I was like, well, I can't stand here and not clap for him. So... And it's, I don't know why I did this. I tucked the iPad under my arm with the mic in so I could hold it there with one. And then I patted my leg. And it, and it seemed like a good idea at the time, but on camera, it looks ridiculous. It just <laughs> looks ridiculous. Just like, we'll have to have a look for that, like lads, later. Ah, straight, leg. straight oh, on YouTube. God. I, can't, I think it's called Seven. No, it's not Seven. That's a completely different movie. Don't search for that. Um, yeah. It might be called Seven Days. I can't remember it now, but yeah, bonkers. Um did Fergie say hello? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, again, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? He's got so much aura in a room where there's 300 people 
and everybody wants a little piece of him. You know, it's amazing. All his family are there. As I say, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, Brian Robson, legends are there. There's people from TV, the TV world, all the rest of it. And you don't want to go up and mither him, you know, and uh, and I wouldn't. And I was doing some of the, I wasn't hosting it, it was Voice of God stuff, you know, just basically guiding people and making sure they knew what was happening and just general announcements. But so my wife's with me and we're the sort of last ones. Everybody's going into the stadium to sort of watch the film. And my wife and I are sort of the, the last sort of few going down the stairs into it. And as we, we get into the foyer bit before you get into the stadium, Sir Alex comes out and, um, out, out the toilet actually and he sees me and he just has a dead hearty welcome and chatting to me and that's obviously the first time I've spoken to him since he was ill so to speak to him and I introduced him to my wife who he'd never met before and he was having a laugh with her and telling me a story about as we're going up the stairs about Fabian Bartes because uh, it was freezing you know when you're going up and into the stadium you can feel that cold draft and I just said to him I said, have you got your, your hat with your boss? You know, cause I didn't have it on, but I had me, me cap and me gloves and everything because we're, we're well geared up, aren't we, announcers? We know what it's going to be like. And I said, have you got your cap with your boss? He went, no, I've not. He said, uh, "He said that reminds me. And he's telling me the stories were going up. He's saying, Bartez, he said, when we were signing Bartez, he said, Bartez says to me, what's the weather like in Manchester? And I said to Bartez, and we're walking up the stairs while he's telling me the story. And I'm like, just enthralled. And he goes, he says, I told Bartes that it was only cold in November. Only in November. He says, we then <laughs> sign him. We sign him, as you know. And he said, he never let me forget it. Yeah. Every month when it had rained or it was cold. Boss, you told me November. He said, December, January, February. This is Sir Alex telling me this story as we're going into the stadium, you know. So, yeah, I was, I was made up. It was great. And then. You know, he went to his seat and I went to mine with my wife. We've, we've talked about it, haven't we, about becoming parts of the furniture and, you know, eventually getting to know these big people at our clubs and all sorts of factors come into play. You know, you need a man, you need a, uh, an announcer that stays in the job as long as you did and a manager that stays in the job as long as he did to be, you know, to become parts of the furniture and get to know each other, you know. So now it's one of those that, well, hey, you know, it's off season now. So we're all going to be wandering around, you know, if we spot, imagine if we bump into any of our respective players or managers, <laughs> you know, over, you know, in the supermarket or in a pub garden somewhere. Do you reckon they'll say hello and they'll know it's you? I don't know. Joey Barton recognise you if he bumps yeah. into you somewhere in Bristol, Lance? Do you reckon he'll say hello? I hope so. Like, yeah, that would be, uh, my, my, my world would be made. Right? <laughs> it just, He's always been a he's always been a low key hero of mine, like sort of like growing oh, up because I know he's a bit of a divisive character. But um, I was sort of watching him play through like Man City, Newcastle. Um, I've always sort of admired him. But yeah, for, if he if he sort of recognised me first, well that's it. Like yeah. I could just drop the mic, walk on, done. and just retire. Like that'd be that'd be amazing. I'd Cracking. be done. Yeah. Long, I'm going to leave it open to all of the rest of our announcers if over the summer they get recognised or if they spot, you know, if they it's just if they get recognised either by their voice or by, you know, seeing people from around the club. It'd be the ultimate thing before we get going again next season. Um, chaps, thank you very much. Good to see you. Have a, have a cracking summer. Uh, and, you know, before we know it, I think it's June the 11th fixtures are out, I think. Or June 16th of the Premier League. And it's normally a week later, a week previous with the Football League, isn't it? Yeah, something like yeah. that. It's either a week before, or a week after. We we should we should have done our research. Probably, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, the, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Premier League 16th, and I'm guessing a week before is is Football League. So we'll get the fixtures. We'll see if we've got Boxing Day off, or if we're working over Christmas, 
Or you know, when when our first game of the season is when our, like, if we're at home last game of the season, all of those things that announcers look for. Yeah. When yeah. it'll be playing the last game, it might be a title decider. All of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, can't That's wait. It. Listen, Rich, thanks a lot, mate. You you you've done a great job keeping it all together, mate. And uh well done, Rich, because without you it wouldn't be possible. And you've got you know contributions from great guys like Lance and all the other uh, stadium announcers but thanks to you Rich you, you've started something here mate and long may it continue well, hey we're all meeting up somehow next season aren't we for goodness sake we can't get that sorted yeah absolutely party. I've got absolutely. I, I want to second what Alan said as well uh, Rich uh, this this podcast has got me through the season and hearing everyone's like stories has been amazing and yeah like Alan said like it is, feels like a proper community that we've got like because yeah. uh, it's, it's a very unique it's a very niche role and like to kind of hear from other <laughs> other people's perspectives and their experiences yeah. It's, yeah it's really sort of yeah it's taking things up another level this season we've, we've, we've really got to Cheers. find that's all right we've really got to find a way to mark our first games of the season isn't it? once we get them when we know when our first home games are we'll find a great way for us all to mark the fact that announcers are back everywhere first game of the season it'd be yeah. brilliant uh, chaps Absolutely. thank you very much we will Absolutely. see uh you for our england and scotland specials over the summer and you never know we might sneak in a couple more euros announcers if we can dig them out there's a couple in the pipeline lance alan thanks very much guys See you soon, all right? Yeah. Thank you.